On this week's show, there's a spate of high-paying manufacturing jobs coming online in America, but the under-30 crowd doesn't seem to be interested. Here's what South Carolina is doing to change that mindset. Coming up next on AutoLine This Week. Underwriting for AutoLine This Week has been provided by Borg Warner. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine This Week, where the discussion's all about how do we get a new generation interested in manufacturing? Not just automotive manufacturing, by the way. There's a lot of jobs opening up, but not necessarily a lot of people applying for them. And turns out, state of South Carolina is doing a lot in this regard, and I've got three people to talk about that today, including Dirk Piper. He's the president and CEO of Sage Automotive Interiors, an automotive supplier. Louis Gossett is the executive director of the South Carolina Manufacturing Alliance. And Matt Kreitel is the program director for Fisher Middle School. I want to thank all three of you for coming on. Thank you. Lewis, why don't I start with you? The South Carolina Manufacturing Alliance, tell us what it's about and how you're reaching out to get a new generation into your plants in the state. Well, it's a trade organization that represents over 400 manufacturing facilities across the state. And a few years ago, we were beginning to see a consistent theme in our discussions with our members, and that is workforce, the availability, the interest level, and that sort of thing. And so uh, we have undertaken a significant uh, public-private partnership called South Carolina Future Makers designed to get parents and their children interested in manufacturing jobs, to tell the manufacturing story and to show them how to get there from here, to uh, add a connectivity piece so that the manufacturers and the kids can be in touch with each other, and then to add metrics and make sure that our programs and our outreach efforts are working. Good. We'll get into more details in that. But, Dirk, I want to ask you, you're, you, have, you run this automotive supplier company. Tell us a little bit about what you make and why you've gotten involved in this effort. Right. So, uh, so Sage basically is a global company providing you know, automotive textiles for seating and headliner door panel applications uh, globally. Um, and uh, our, our interest in this program really is, is community outreach in terms of getting involved in the community and really uh, combining the educational part with the manufacturing part in a hands-on type of basis, like the work that we're going to talk about that we're doing with Fisher and also on the uh, Clemson University International Center for Automotive Research campus. So a lot of interaction between industry, education in terms of that partnership and enhancing the outlook for manufacturing. Good. And again, we'll want to fill in the details. But Matt, I want to hear from you. You, you run a, this program for Fisher Middle School. Tell us a little bit about the school and what your involvement in this is. Sure. Well, the school is actually only in its second year. It is servicing sixth through eighth grade. And the main primary goal of the school is to have a STEAM-focused education. So while the STEM, which has been very common, we're now offering the A piece. So there's a heavy piece of the communications, the creativity that coincides with the science, technology, engineering, and math. My role at the school is to bring businesses into the school and give students authentic experiences that really allow them to see where their interests and skills can take them later in life. For third and sixth through sixth graders. That's right, sixth graders. Very, very interesting. So, Dirk, you must have gotten involved for more than just community outreach. i got to believe you're finding that it's hard to get a new generation to come work in your plants. Yeah, I think that's really, uh, you know, the primary goal while, we, while we're involved in the community and that kind of, you know, spurns its own activity. I think the, the real need in, in 
manufacturing and in the state of South Carolina is, is getting that connectivity, not only to the students, but also to the parents in terms of what real world today manufacturing is all about. There's a lot of uh, misconceptions or misperceptions about what manufacturing is all about and, and to get the students involved and the parents involved and actually the counselors at these schools involved in understanding what modern manufacturing is all about and it allows us to build you know that portfolio of students that can go either in a technical aspect or move further into you know advanced education uh, whether it be a four-year degree or master's but it, it encompasses both the technical side of the education with technical schools as well as four-year institutions and it gives us a nice pipeline at sage lewis uh, dirk just mentioned uh, counselors and mm -hmm. parents mm -hmm. what got you focused on going after them as well one of the things we learned over the last three or four years was fundamentally parents and guidance counselors or career specialists weren't as aware of manufacturing and information technology opportunities in South Carolina as they should have been. They weren't aware of the wages and the benefits that are paid. In fact, the, the eyes that, that open so widely when they hear those numbers is, is always fun to see. And parents were very much of the mindset that my kid's going to college and of course we need plenty of those people in engineering and other disciplines but my kids going to college don't talk to me about anything else because they simply didn't know what was going on in a modern South Carolina manufacturing facility. So you're talking wages. What kind of wages can you talk to them about that opens their eyes? Well, in comparison, everything's relative. So the average wage in South Carolina is $37,000 a year. The average wage in manufacturing is $54,000. So there's a dramatic difference in our state alone and with cost of living it's, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good opportunity. And they also learned they're clean, they're modern, it's challenging work, it's new work almost every day even though you might be making the same product. And just as importantly, uh, it's a career. It's something that's going to be there and it's something that's growing dramatically in our state. And how did you recruit counselors and the like to get involved in this? Because clearly at the school level, this is where it's got to start, right? Well, the great news is South Carolina's already got in place some infrastructure for this. And I told you it was a public-private partnership. It's our product and their manpower. So we have career specialists in the middle and high schools that will be taking this message. We have what are called regional workforce advisors, 12 of those around the state who will be working with those schools and with businesses. And it's a multifaceted approach. We've got, uh, we're going to have interaction between the plants and the schools coordinated by those folks, curriculum-based tours so that you're not just looking at something being made, you're learning about the careers, uh, very specific and unique and direct communications with parents to tell them the story so that they know what their kid's actually being offered and will have the chance to do. So we have a pretty vast infrastructure of people in South Carolina that now will be tasked with this mission. And Matt, we've got to get into the details. of You're talking about presenting like business cases and challenges to third graders through sixth graders. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, sure. Through our, for our sixth graders, seventh, eighth grade opportunities, the one thing that we always look back on is when you're in middle school, the worst thing that would happen is when the teacher would come up to you and say, okay, today we're going to learn about this. Well, if you didn't care, you turned it off. You didn't listen. You didn't want to hear anybody talk about something you could have cared less about. So what we tried to do is reach out to different companies, Sage specifically, because they're a great neighbor right across the street from us, and we said to them, we don't want your employees to just come in and talk about what they do. We want you to show them what they do. You know, Sage is so unique in that they could walk down any parking lot that you go to and say, 
we did that, we did that, we did that. We know exactly what that Meaning durability different is. Cars exactly, what, looking what at all the different it. interiors. And it's pretty neat for a student in that 6th, 7th, 8th grade where they're trying to discover who they are, where their interests are going to take them, what type of opportunities are out there, and to say, I could see my work on a daily basis. And so that's where we kind of started that conversation with Sage. And the next piece was, there's a very small comfort level coming into a middle school setting when you're not an educator. You know, you're, it's amazing that an 11, 12, or 13-year-old can be scary, but when there's 30 of them, they're, they're pretty scary. So, you know, we wanted to make it a situation where when companies were coming in like Sage, they weren't talking at the kids or to the kids. They were really working beside them. So the students actually drove the conversation and said, okay, we want to design the interior of, let's say, a Jeep Wrangler. Well, it's about a 17 to 25-year-old is going to think a Jeep Wrangler is pretty cool. Well, they wear this, this, and this, or they like these colors. So let's try and figure out an interior that has this and has that. Well, the nice thing is the IT department was there from Sage. The business side was there. The artists were there. The designers were there. And everybody could kind of guide them and say, well, you know, if you go that route, you have to remember this, this, and this. So instead of Sage saying, this is what I do, they gave the students the opportunity to drive the train and to kind of see that, oh, I could do this for a living, and this is really fun. Very interesting. Where, where are you getting out of this as Sage? Well, well I, I think, uh, you know, one point I'll make that makes the program uh, somewhat unique is, uh, is the fact that we really do have a hands-on approach with individuals being involved. So it's not you know, Sage adopting Fisher Middle. It's really the individuals at Sage, you know, being engaged with individual students to get that connectivity, which really provides some success, you know, and really have a bond with each other. And, you know, as, as Matt said, it's not going in and making a presentation about Sage and are you interested? It's very interactive. And so the dedication, you know, the people, and I, and I think, you know, what we get out of it to what I said earlier is, you know, certainly, starting to spread the word about manufacturing at that age is significant, right? And that, it, and that it's different and that they can see their work, they can understand it, and coming to the plants, it's a much different perception than what they would have in terms of understanding what we do. So it, so it trains those people. The other activity, of course, is you know, just the interaction that we have within the community there. And as it spreads throughout the community, it gives us an opportunity to really spread the word about SAGE and what our contribution is and what the opportunity is for people. And you're looking at this long term because Absolutely. clearly these kids are not just going to come out of middle school and go right to work for you. Absolutely. It's, it's a long term approach without a doubt. And of course, as, as, as Lewis said, you know, where we're really also hitting is, is, is Fisher is a hands on opportunity. But we are actively involved in, in SCMA, which is South Carolina Manufacturing Alliance, and are uh, a true industry partner in South Carolina Future Makers and STEM Premier because we want to build that portfolio. And it gives us, as a company, the opportunity to put our portfolio online. Okay, uh, as Lewis said, for the students, it's kind of linked in on steroids, and it gives us an opportunity to, to have that exposure to those, those folks at a very early age. So it's very positive. Lewis, how do you track your success? I mean, here's uh, Fisher Middle School has been at it only two years. How long have mm -hmm. you been involved in this effort of getting a, a new generation in? 
How, what are your metrics? We had absolutely nothing 27 months ago. So uh, we have now built a 450 to five or 600 page website, which you can actually navigate in seven pages. Uh, you can see the manufacturing store, you can see videos that Sage puts in there about who they are and what they make. Uh, you can see the wages, the benefits, the jobs. You can actually look at those uh, job categories and the requirements for them. It then takes you to where in the state those skills are actually offered. Um, but importantly, with the STEM Premier platform, which is uh, basically a private company in Charleston that allows kids to build their own profiles, to create their own brand, and then members can search that database to find these people. So wait a minute, if I'm a student, I, I, I can write a little story about myself and, and upload it to a website? Absolutely. Everything from your grade point average and your ACT and SAT, which they're in all the school protocols, so those can be sent directly to STEM Premier, to one young man that I'm aware of, he's got all that. He's got his ASVAB scores, he's got his credentials, his work keys, but he's also got a video on there of a um, robot that he built. He's also got an extensive uh, write-up about how he's the statewide welding champion. This is a young man who will be employed when he graduates, no question about it. So when you come to metrics, what STEM Premier allows us to do is through something they call the dashboard, which will be provided by the state to the schools this year, and companies and schools can buy them individually, they can see what the kids are doing, what they're interested in, where they're going. We've got one technical college that after 2,000 kids created profiles in Aiken, South Carolina, the local technical college knew that 400 of them had designated Aiken Tech as one of their first choices for education. That had never been possible before. Are you schooling these kids or, or, or guiding these kids is maybe the better way to put it? So that it's not just some hodgepodge of stuff that's up there, but is right. something that employers will really want to learn about. Absolutely. It's, 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 a, it's a program that is designed to tell the kids the manufacturing story and then with the connectivity piece of STEM Premier, allow them to start interacting directly without any third parties whatsoever with the employers. Now, there are privacy protocols and things like that that have to be followed, but nevertheless, uh, SAGE can search that database and find a kid in Newberry, South Carolina, who has expressed either an interest or has accomplishments in an area they're interested in, and reach out directly to that kid and bring them in and vice versa. But so can colleges and technical uh, schools. How searchable is it? Because, I mean, once you start the ball rolling, you're going to have thousands of kids in there. It might be hard to search well, it. Right no. now, there are over 100,000 kids in the database. We think that in the next two years, there will be, a, and that's nationwide, there will be a quarter of a million South Carolina kids at all levels in there. That search is so specific. You can search for a kid who's interested in metro, uh, mechatronics within five miles of your plant. Um, it's also got a star rating system, like recruiting for sports. So you can find the real stars for particular areas that you're interested in. Now, the search techniques are as, as detailed as any you'll find on any website. And I love what you're talking about. Here's this kid talking about uh, a robot he built. He's mm -hmm. a state welding champion. In other words, there might be stuff in this resume, if you will, that you wouldn't find it a normal, typical resume. No, you wouldn't, but what we're finding is is that there's so many of these kids in South Carolina who this kid that I, we're talking about right here has got a relatively low GPA. Probably not, not the going, best grade. Right. Not going not going to four year. But I'm telling you right now, when that kid graduates in May, there are people who've already communicated with him, who know who he is. Statewide welding champion is gonna be hired. You know, they're going to, and, and his additional schooling is going to be provided to him by one of my members. And so that connectivity is incredibly important. It basically democratizes that job search for all these kids. And when you put a quarter of a million South Carolina kids in the next two years, and that's what the state will do in that database, 
every employer is going to be searching it. So Matt, let's go back to you. I know you've only been at it two years, or the sure. Frost Middle School is only uh, Fisher Middle School has only been there for two years. What are the metrics, though? What, what, what's the system telling you about whether it's working or not? Well, I think one of the things that has really kind of I don't want to say it stood out because that was never our goal was to single out kids with their interests, but what kind of took all of our breaths away, Sage, myself, their teachers included, was the fact that. We had girls who no, you know, ever would have imagined being in the automotive industry. They walked away from the experience with Sage saying, I had no idea I could work in automotive. What, but what is do it that this? clicks with girls? Because well, that, this is an issue in manufacturing sure overall. Is. Well, you know, one thing, that design process. You know, so they realized that there was a lot of thought, a lot of design that went into making an interior, in the words they put it, you know looking pretty or cute or cool or, you know, all the words that they were saying in their design. But then the other piece that kind of hit was we had the benefit of those IT departments coming over and the budget an analysis coming over and the management piece, and they were seeing that their skills, while they maybe wouldn't be on the floor of the manufacturing process, they could be handling that, overseeing that. And that was a, a great piece to us because, you know, one thing that we've noticed even in our school, it's still about a 60-40 disproportion male to female in that school. So we're trying to work daily on what can we do to really impact the females in that school because, you know, that's a need that not even us at the state but nationwide have recognized it as a deficiency. So you're actually having them work almost on an entire business case, not not just trying to make something pretty oh, or cool. Oh, oh, that's true. I mean, it starts from the ground up. So Sage would come in on day one, and they kind of gave a quick overview. This is who we are. This is what we do. And now you're going to do it. So they bring in different materials. They bring in different examples of fabric swatches. They talk about some of the different cars that they're in. And that kind of hits home, too, because then, you know, the kid in the back goes, hey, my dad has that car, and he has that interior. <laughs> you know, and one of the things that in the process what worked out, which was really interesting, was they gave them a full budget and said, you know, you should really try to ration your money this way and budget it this way. And at the end, you have money for profit. What they found was really interesting is those kids decided that they would churn a bigger profit if they put all of their money into research and development than paying themselves, which was already a great lesson that I think any employer would like that they'd rather <laughs> get paid less to make the product better. And the, at the end, Sage did a full mock-up for us, so the fabric concepts that they came together, they actually brought back a fully upholstered chair, and we have them hanging in the school, and the, that's a symbol of pride for the kids because they're like, hey, I did that. That's fantastic. Now, I, I can't believe that Sage is necessarily learning anything from these kids, but you've got to see a big payoff uh, with this kind of approach for the kind of talent that you're going to need in the future. Even, Dirk, if you're no longer at the company at that point. That's true. That's, that's really what it's all about, you know, is the future. So, you know, I think we, we were talking earlier just a little bit about, you know, kind of a, the, the mantra of our company and the interaction. And so not only do we have this model really with Fisher, but as I was talking about at, at Clemson University, the International Center for Automotive Research, um, we collaborate with them as well to bring it more real term with the students. Every year a new set of students come in, they're, they're given a, a project which is codenamed Deep Orange. And it's in conjunction with uh, an OEM. We actually rolled one out last week here um, at uh, the, the Kobo Center. And basically our designers, it's a similar type process, are mentoring now not with middle schoolers but are mentoring with 
graduate students in complete development of the interior. And so, you know, going through that process allows us to interact with that age group because all, all of our design activity is, is based on trend research and what's really going to trip the trigger of the consumer when they open that vehicle door because it's the second most influential buying factors, the interior of the vehicle. And so interacting with that age group and designing a vehicle from the ground up with that type of collaborative effort that we have, for instance, at ICAR, is the benefit for us because we get information we would never get just by doing straight trend research because most of the trend research is going to be in your buying community, but it gives us a forward look at what those future buyers are going to want and be able to predict the future and think about it. We're interacting with what's important to middle schoolers. It gives us incredible amount of trend research and understanding of what, what really uh, you know, drives their behavior, which is important. So maybe your people are learning something from these students. There's no question. There's no question they are. And it's a great interactive process. Lewis, uh, what, what are the plans for this program, for uh, the future makers? I, I got to believe uh, you want to get it into every school in the state. That's right. And the good news is, is the state has bought in. Uh, we have uh, every significant workforce or education agency or organization in the state involved in some way or another with this on the public side. My membership is aggressively involved, so you will have those tours, those speeches, those interactions at the school level. You'll have products placed in front of schools to the extent they can be. Uh, you will have uh, that interactive website that the career specialist and RWAs will use inside the schools. Uh, to talk to kids and parents. You'll have direct communications back and forth. And then, like I said, importantly, you will have a database in South Carolina. And of course, it's nationwide in terms of STEM Premier, but we will hit that thing first and, and most furiously in terms of the number of kids we've got at every level that employers can then find and vice versa. It's free to the parents and the kids to create their brand. It's free to the companies to upload their profiles and their videos, and it's free to technical colleges and four-year institutions to do the same. The only people that pay are the ones who are searching the database to find the kids. So that's the future. The next two to three years, hit every school in South Carolina, middle and high school uh, with the state, build that database, build that program so the manufacturing and IT stories are told. Who's funding all this? I mean, you say the the the... the the searchers will pay, but right. who funded it to our get membership, it going? Our membership actually funded creation of the program, the and website and everything else. And then we uh, work and contract with the state to implement our program in the schools. How did you get this consensus that it would go into all schools? That's got to be one of the hardest things to achieve. Two years. Two years of meeting with any and everybody. Uh, SCMA has um, a, a very good reputation and a very nice place in South Carolina's uh, public policy making arena. And so we were able to meet with folks uh, consistently when we needed. A uh, big hat tip to Governor Haley and Secretary Hitt. Governor Haley, the month before uh, her reelection, met with us for a grand total of about seven and a half to eight hours. Governors that are running for election don't do that the month ahead of an election. But this is how big a deal it was to her. And she's featured in the videos, and then Secretary Hitt has been on board since the first moment we spoke to him about it because of the need he saw, and he thought we could meet that need. And yet still, even with the governor uh, and the secretary running interference for you, so to speak, school systems are, boy, they, it can be very hard to get all of them to agree to do one thing. It can be, but we've, our allies include the State Department of Education. Now, granted, the local school districts don't answer directly to the SDE. However, it's gratifying to say that every superintendent that has seen this, and has been quite a few now, has said we're in, to the point where 
we've got more superintendents asking to be in than we have time to get to in the first few months of actual operations. So we'll catch up with them, uh, but the reaction from them has been dramatically good. And they're, the career specialists who've been doing something for 10 years, they're hungry for this. They like having the second piece, something to actually deliver the kids to and to show the kids and the parents where those real opportunities are. Because what you're showing them, there's, there's good paying jobs at the end of this process. Absolutely, the best, best paying jobs in the community and great alternatives to anything else they had considered. And Matt, you gotta be excited seeing these kids you know, embrace all this. Or are, what are the lessons learned? Where are you learning where, geez, if we did this a little bit better, we'd sure. get the kids even more on board with this? Well, I think what we found is and we really, before we even developed our program, we kind of looked at what had been going on in our state, in our local community, and then across the country. And the one thing that kept coming back to us was that it wasn't student-focused. So that's where we started from the ground up was, let's put it in the students' hands first. Let's allow the students to make the choice as to who they speak to. Because my theory is, if I have a student that has an interest in the automotive industry, I'm not gonna send them to speak with an electrical engineer because they're not going to get anything from that. So by putting it in the hands of the students, that really leads directly into the STEM premier piece that they're speaking of as well, because now their interests are going to alert them to the type of electives they're going to want to take as they finish their middle school years, as they finish their high school years, and it even will focus on to, you know, if they choose to seek a four-year degree, which universities will address my needs rather than my favorite football team? Because let's be honest, most people go where their favorite football team is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Real good. With that, we're going to have to wrap this up. But I, I, I find this fascinating, this, this approach that you're taking. I, I commend you guys in it, too. Because, uh, you know, in the, the political arena right now, we hear a lot of talk about how we're losing jobs to Mexico. We're losing jobs to China. If we don't see the rest of the states do what you guys are doing, there aren't going to be people to fill those jobs anyway. And it doesn't matter what kind of manufacturing we can bring back to this country. So kudos to you guys. I think this is fantastic. And I love doing the show so that the rest of the country can learn what you're doing and learn from it. So Dirk Piper, President and CEO of Sage Automotive Interiors, Lewis Gossett, Executive Director for South Carolina Manufacturing Alliance, and Matt Kreitel, the Program Director for the Fisher Middle School. I want to thank all three of you for coming on the show. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. And of course, I want to thank all of you for having tuned in and hope you all learned a thing or two about this as well. Underwriting for Autoline this week has been provided by Borg Warner.